Hello, this is Quentin and Josh, and we're going to be discussing our Bible critique over um, the Ten Plagues, Exodus, Exodus 7 through 11, and our general thoughts and ideas when we read the text. Right, so chapter 7 starts out with the first plague, and the first plague was basically uh, God and his attempt to get the Pharaoh to release the Israelites from their, what was it, 400 year? Yeah, 400 years bondage. of bondage in Egypt. Yeah, and so, so for the first plague, uh, God plagues Egypt with blood. Uh, he turns the Nile into blood. Um, and it was a judgment against Apis, which was the god of the Nile and the goddess of the Nile and the guardian and everything. And so one of my first questions when reading this was, like, why blood? What, and, like, what are the effects that's happening in Egypt? And so what we assumed was that uh, blood and, like, dead bodies are um, associated with being unclean. So my, I was thinking originally that maybe he plagued them, turning them down to blood as, like, a way to make them unclean and uh, mm-hmm. because impure, the, I guess. Yeah, because in the Torah it talks about how if you're unclean and pure, you can't go into the, well, what's the little tent called, in the temples and stuff like that yeah. to worship the gods and like that, and you have to do rituals to become clean so you can go talk to the gods and have that relationship reestablished and everything. Yeah. But we were wrong because all of the ten plagues each had their own individual symbolism and meaning. For example, like Josh was talking about, the ten pla- the first plague, poisoning the Nile, represented the god of the Nile and was um, more disproving her and showing how she is um, weak and not really existent because God is the one and true God. Mm-hmm. And so, you want to talk about the second one? You kind of know a lot more about that. The second one was very interesting because God just was like, okay, there's frogs coming out of the Nile there. And first you read it and you're kind of like, just reading it and you're like, just trying to get the gist from like what it means. Like, how am I going to be a better Christian from this? And you're like, why frog? What do the frogs mean? (laughs) But through further explanation, the goddess of birth has a frog head. Don't know why, but she does. And so, the frogs in Egypt and Egyptian. <laughs> Thank you for that, Connor. <laughs> um, okay. That was helpful. But the frogs were seen as um, something good that you could not kill in, a- in ancient Egyptian culture. And so the there were so many frogs that the Egyptians didn't know what to do with them. So they couldn't kill them. And then whenever, after a while, they all just piled up and died and just released a, released a terrible stench that was that just probably drove them insane. Yeah, so that kind of gets into the canonical critique of uh, this story. Like, uh, like we were doing in class, basically God disproving and uh, judging the... The goddess of birth, was it? Yeah, the goddess of birth and the goddess of, yeah. of the Nile. And, and, and the god of the Nile and the god of guarding the Nile, god of flooding the Nile and everything like that. So these frogs come up from the land, and then once they're removed from the land, they're removed from the land, but they're kept in the Nile. I I was kind of curious as to why he did that, uh, why God chose to do that, and I kind of interpreted it as, like, maybe keeping them in the Nile was, like, to remind the uh, Egyptians of what happened or, or, mm-hmm. or whatnot, or remind, yeah. Um, and so we, then we get to the third plague, which was uh, when God plagued uh, Egypt with gnats. And it says here it was a judgment on the god of the desert. Um, 
but it says, unlike the previous plagues, the magicians were unable to duplicate uh, this one and declared to Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. And so my biggest question is, why gnats? So um, not to derail from the whole subject, but I'd just like to state that I really dislike the way gnats are spelled with the G. And it's never been explained to me ever, and I really dislike it. And I don't know why, and it better have some meaning in some Latin Latin form or anything like that the English was derived from, and I did not like it. There's no purpose for the G. Here comes Connor. Ben, oh, thank you, Connor. I appreciate that. Connor, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, for those listening at home, Connor just came up and poured water into my hands and asked me if I wanted a drink. Um, there was also Connor earlier. He <laughs> walked up and said gibberish and then left. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so then we get to the fourth plague, which was flies. And I was really just kind of confused as of, by the time we got to this part of the reading because there were, there were gnats, good mm-hmm. gnats, and now there's flies. What's the difference? Like, yeah. what's the purpose of doing two different insects? Oh, no, no. And the ninth plague is locusts. Oh, yes. Yeah, three different Oh, yeah. Three different ones. So many bugs. But um, from, from our research, it says there's a judgment on Uachit, the fly god. Apparently, the <laughs> Egypts worship a fly god. Um, and so it says God clearly distinguishes between the Israelites and the Egyptians, as so no swarms of flies bothered the areas where the Israelites lived. Um, I also yeah. thought it was very interesting how the, like, I can understand how the Pharaoh could, like, kind of, like, keep getting for, like, it says in the text that his heart was hardened a lot. I can understand that, but I don't understand how Moses got to talk to him so many times, and he wasn't finally like, you know what, Moses? You're not allowed here anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, I was about to say, like, like, why did he get a bunch of guards? And he's just like, yeah, you him. can't come back. Or just, like, get him, capture yeah. him, or get him away, like... I feel like, like the Pharaoh could have done a lot more to stop this happening to him and his people, but he just he just didn't. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> please go away. Like no, you what, can't, no, you can't have the Israelites. Now go. And, like, after bad things started happening, not at one point does he, like, except to, like, for the eighth and ninth plague, does he, like, you're not welcome here yeah, anymore. That's like, well, it takes point, him a little bit to learn. At what point is he just like, Moses, go away, dude. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> but... Yes, uh, so for the fifth plague, we have the death of livestock, uh, where he only, uh, basi- mm. basically just kills off all the, what was it? Egyptians. Cattle? All, yeah. All the, yeah, all the Egyptians, but not the Israelites, yeah, uh, cattle the Egyptians and have livestock. Like, like a lot of pagans, the Egyptians, like, had mm-hmm. multiple gods and just believed in, like, natural gods and everything like that. And, like, every, every single, like, natural thing had a god, had a meaning, everything had a purpose. Right. And so they had to worship each individual god, and if they wanted, like, if they wanted good livestock, they'd have to give um, sacrifices to the livestock god and everything like that, and if you... Like didn't have a good return. You didn't give a big enough sacrifice or anything like that. That must be that must be terrifying. Cause imagine waking up one morning and all like <laughs> your livestock that you used to to sacrifice to these gods and praise these gods, they're just all dead. <laughs> like the gods just hate you or something. That'd be terror. I feel like that'd be the scariest out of all of them. And another thing, why didn't the Egyptians like? Why didn't they recognize that like the Israelites like had livestock and just kind of take them? Like, I feel like, I feel like they kind of played this part pretty bad 
and were kind of naive and didn't really do much forward thinking for how good <laughs> the Egyptians are supposed to be. Right. Um, after this, we have the sixth plague, which is the plague of boils. Um, it was a judgment against several gods that are health and disease. Um, I don't. I didn't really understand this one as much. I think you had a lot more in-depth explanation. So could you try to explain this the one? The boils. Yeah, the boils uh, is a plague of disease uh, amongst the Egyptians. What is? Well, which god was it? Uh, Sekhmet, Sunu, and Isis. Is it Isis or Ar- oh, it is Isis? Isis, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that. Oh yeah, another thing that we we're talking about is continuously, th- continuously throughout the text, it talks about how the um, magicians or like I thought like instead of like magicians because when you think of magicians, you think of, like David Blaine and people like that <laughs> that are yeah. stabbing ice picks through their arms and doing crazy things. But like I was thinking like how their um, priests and everything like that were continuously trying to, like, do their rituals and everything like that to try to, like, stop the plague and get it away. And the Pharaoh was getting kind of upset with them, how they couldn't do anything. And I think it's another part how God was just proving his dominance and his and him being, like, the one and only yeah. to the Egyptians in the pagan culture, that he is the most dominant and that he needs to be listened to and he deserves to have the last say in everything. It says right here, this time the Bible says that magicians could not stand before Moses because the boils. Clearly, these religious leaders were powerless against the God of Israel. Exactly. Um, and then what were the last three? Plagues? Oh, and the Israelites. Another reason he did it is not only to like prove to the pagans and the Egyptians, is because like over the four hundred years of bondage that the Israelites went through, they um they had to they like still believed in God, but they started to doubt his ability to like free them from the bondage and bring right. and bring them back to the mm-hmm. um, promised land that would that um, he promised them previously in the Torah. So we have frogs over land, the plague of boils, and then we have the plague of hail. Oh yeah, that's right, we have the plague of hail. Um, Where basically it says that God plagued Egypt and sent, and like, hail down onto Egypt, but only Egypt as to where like none of uh, Israel was like harmed or damaged or any way. It also says, the thing that like caught my attention, it says that um, he sent, like, hail and fire. Yeah, so was, yeah. <laughs> hail kind of doesn't really mix with fire that well. I mean, if you ever watch, cool like, uh, Avatar, you know, the, hair, the waterbenders and the firebenders, they never really get along that much. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's kind of weird to see them go hand in hand. Um, but, yeah, I want to see if it says anything about the plague of hail. Um, the next we were... It's clearly more severe than the other ones. It doesn't say much about that, though. But then, um, oh, yeah, and then the last plague that finally... Oh, but... Okay, remember the Pharaoh, like, at one point says, okay, yeah, if you stop it, you can have the Israelites back. And then... Oh, yeah, which one? Which plague was that for? It wasn't the fourth. It was, it was the sixth or seventh. Yeah, he finally said... He finally gets done, and he has an epiphany and says, okay, maybe if I lie... And uh, try to trick the God of Israel into giving me the Israelites back. It'll work. And it just does not at all. Yeah. And then at one point, it ends up punishing him. God punishes him so hard that he kills every single firstborn in Egypt, including the Pharaoh's son. (laughs) And that's when he's finally like, yeah, you can have him back. I I guess I don't need him that bad. Yeah, he finally had enough. And then the Israelites 
go through the rest of the Torah wandering, and then finally you're given the Ten Commandments, and etc., etc., etc. He's like, maybe I'll just enslave my own people. Maybe I'll that, do that. That which he did? <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah. So the moral of the story is that not only was God trying to display his dominance and power to the pagans and, the, and to the Egyptians, he was also trying to um, remind the Israelites of who he is and that he keeps his promises always. He's got to be there for them. That he is the one and only. Exactly. Basically. Do you have any last regards? <sighs> Not really. I think we covered much, most of what we uh, want to talk about. So, Yeah. Right. Thank you for listening to our TED Talk. <laughs>